Welcome to the Christian Contractor Podcast. Christian Contractor Podcast. A show created for kingdom-driven Christian contractors that are focused on scaling their business in God's name while positively impacting the world around them. If you're ready to ascend from a contractor to a purpose-driven business owner, we're here to serve you. Here's your host, Brandon Guthrie. How to exit your contractor business and fulfill your God-given purpose. What's up? I'm Brandon Guthrie with Dream Design Labs here on the Christian Contractor Podcast, where our mission is to help Christian contractors turn their business into their ministry and scale it in the name of God with biblical principles and righteous marketing so that they can be a light in the darkness. Marketing doesn't have to be hard. You just need the right tools and the right heart to serve. Thanks for tuning in. I'm super excited to have Lauren Alves of H&A Equity Acquisitions with me today. Lauren, welcome and thank you for being here. That's an awesome intro, Brandon. Thank you. I, 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 I love listening to that, man. That's just a powerful punch. Love it. Mm, mm, yes, dude. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here, my man. I really appreciate you. Um, man, it's a uh, God, God ordained and divine appointment for us to to meet at that that last mastermind right. and uh, dude it was uh, it was awesome we we're, were doing Bible study before the event and and here we are dude <laughs> God's moving God's working and it's right. just awesome to see so before we today we're gonna be talking about so for the Christian contractors listening in today we're gonna be talking about um, contractors sometimes need to they don't know what to do with their business they're they're approaching retirement and they're kind of like man i don't know if i'm going to sell my business or if i'm going to close my business and closing their business is potentially their best option and we're like whoa wait a second you've you've worked so hard to build this and we know that you believe that as well and this is going to be a, a breath of fresh air a unique approach to exiting your business so that you can have the time to do what you believe God is telling you that you should be doing and being able to have the time to serve and to bless others. And Lauren is going to jump into that more. But before we jump into this awesome exit strategy that I'm very pleased to um, talk to you and bring to you guys today, Lauren, give us a little bit of background. Who are you? It's like, who's this Lauren guy? Give us a little bit of background. Give us the details, who you are, where you're from, and how'd you get Okay, well, it started a long time ago in 1971 <laughs> when I was a baby, bouncing baby boy. Uh, no, I, so I, I grew up in a, a small town in New Mexico, in uh, Silver City, New Mexico, and um, really uh, not really much exposure, really like um, not, not even in the town, but outside the town. Uh, you know, across from the ranch, biggest ranch in the county. So I'm like in, a hick from the sticks, basically. And so never really uh, been exposed to much in the form of <clears throat> even you know business ownership and, and really even uh, God or any, didn't grow up Christian or anything like that. Uh, my, my story is pretty rough, you know. There's, uh, I know there's a lot of people who <laughs> have that rough beginning of, uh, Coming from a $500 a day habit to eventually being introduced to God and getting pulled out of that at the age of 19 and uh, really just getting getting surrounded by a group of people, mostly a group of men who uh, started speaking into my life, uh, you know, 
they were they weren't Christians, but they were you know godly men. Had you know, they didn't know they were speaking the word of God to me, but God did as He was drawing me to Christ. And so, uh, eventually got down to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Was in college, and I actually got into the water and wastewater business. Uh, 1989. It was a kind of a brand new industry. There's only like four of those schools in the country. So I just happened to fall into it. Mostly, I was the youngest one there. And it was mostly these people doing second career type stuff. Um, water and wastewater treatment was not a, a big thing. It was kind of like a disgusting field, right? And all these old guys said, you're in the right place. Stay in this. And you'll, you'll never have to worry about finding a job or good money. And, and so I, I said, all right. Got into it and really thought I was, you know, I was really passionate about it. I was going to go get a civil engineering degree and an environmental engineering degree and all that stuff. And then uh, when I was 27, baby on the way, uh, I get hit with this, this, hey, we might be privatizing the facility. So at 27, new kid, not really mature in my walk with anything, not a Christian, anything. I, I freak out and I go to one of these things. In the 90s, it was a uh, vending machines right the, the work from home how to build a business from home selling you know operating a vending machine route or doing stuff like that and so i got pulled into this one thing is business card business uh, business card advertising display system right so anybody that has those janky cork boards i would go in and say hey how about this professional thing it was called the take one display so you could take 200 cards and 25 slots at each one so I started selling and marketing that to local businesses, making money, right? And I'm ready to get out of this you know, threat of privatization. And the entrepreneur bug bit me. Connected with a guy who started doing the internet back in the 80s when it was probably DARPA. <laughs> defense, con it was the defense and Department of Defense and uh, a few colleges at that point. And so he, he just, him and I partnered up. I was doing my business card thing. He was doing his thing and we just killed it. We did a great job together and got it. I was doing a lot of water and wastewater jobs, the full-time job, the security job, the hourly wage that helped me. I made good money at it. Um, but I also always had this side hustle. Always had the side hustle going on. A lot of marketing, a lot of websites. Uh, I was kind of like the fractional chief marketing officer or the main guy in-house in some entities. Uh, started probably five companies, you know, off and on over the last 20, 25 years. Um, but really, you know, it's a, a lot of, you know, a lot of lessons, you know, those trials of fire we go through that refine out the gold, like the Bible talks about, you know, you, you got to refine out the dross. Well, you know, been through a lot of those, you know, divorced, lost, I didn't lose everything, but, you know, lost a lot. Had a had a, a you know, major major loss through a child, a daughter of mine that uh, you know she only lived for six hours, but she was kind of the just the push behind me coming to Christ. That was my that was my break. It's like, are you going to come with me, or are you going to try to figure this out on your own? Was was really it. So uh, that became really my mission focus. That's kind of where I came up with this whole concept of or just really capitalizing on you know what. I've been I've been given a gift of freedom. So how do I hand that off? And I I've always the last thirty years have been that. You have to give it away to keep it. 
So whatever I get, it's just almost second nature. It's like, who do I get to help with this? God's given me something. Who, who gets to be helped out of this? Tragedies included. Pain and suffering included. So, you know, probably about five years ago, had a major life-changing moment in a work accident, and it just, uh, I got a real clear message from God, said, hey, you helped You've helped plenty of other people make millions of dollars online, and now you get to do it for the kingdom. And so Luke 10.2 says, uh, the workers are, uh, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And so the company is 10.2 Harvest Media, Luke 10.2. And now it's all about harvesting and really creating fields of growth for businesses, for people. And it's, you know, we've got to go global with it. And I, I'm married, my wife, we've been married uh, coming up on seven years, and, and we both have that same entrepreneurial kind of mindset of our testimony is our life. You know, how, do we, how do we help people with everything we do, not just show up on Sunday? And, and really, our business is our extension of Christ. It's like Paul. You know, Paul was a tent maker. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude, that's huge, and um, that's a crazy story, and I've heard more of it, and man, you're, you're a good dude, you've been through a lot, and, uh, but God's orchestrating your life so that you're able to uh, impact so many lives, so I'm super excited to have you here today and, and speaking to so many people. I know God is a divine appointment, no coincidences, so dude, thank you so much for that, and so that kind of segues into our next portion here where we're going to talk about how we can, like you, use our business as our mission and get more time and freedom to be able to serve in the form of an exit strategy. So a lot of Christian contractors listening in right now uh, potentially are in positions where they don't really know what they're going to do about their business and their best option in their mind right now as they're listening to this is... I guess I'm just going to close the business. Um, so tell me about the unique approach that um, you have for someone that's in that position. Well, it's, uh, it's something that showed up probably about nine months ago. I kind of just, I was at a traffic and conversions out in San Diego, I think last September, I believe it was. And this, this guy was just talking about, you know, your, your business, uh, how to buy a business with no money down or just uh, owner, act, like acquiring business ownership. And, and then this uh, uh, buddy of mine, we were talking about it three or four months ago, and he's a business attorney. And there's no way I would go into this. <laughs> like the business that I do, I, I talk my language and he talks his. So there's no way I would do the like do this without his legal experience in his background. He consumes legal stuff like you and I eat cereal, right? It's like, Ben and I were just having a breakfast. And he, you know, because have you ever done that where you run into like massive business stuff and the legalities of it are just like a wave of, oh, I don't want to touch it, <laughs> right? It's too much. That's what, that's what it, that's what uh, uh, I think is the, that's what people think that is, is when it comes to the options of what do I do with my business? Shut the doors is the only option because 
selling it, and it's, it's just a pain. You know, a lot of uh, people that we've met, you know, they're they're ready to retire. They're re uh, you know, it's like what you described. It's somebody who's uh, ready to retire. You can go, uh, but you're you've got a team that is like family now. This is like your family, and you probably have your your retirement set or your money. Like you've set yourself up well, but you're kind of the asset holding everything together. You may have a key person or two, but you just don't know what to do. And so we, we took this concept and added a little spin to it. And it's actually taking the concept of uh, selling your business and then flipping it into an employee-owned company. And my business partner... He, him and I, we started digging into this. I'm like, well, how easy could this be? So it's like flipping the script because we're removing the greed component. There's a, lot of comp there's a lot of people who would come into a company, cannibalize it, sell off the assets, and then walk away. And then it just kind of disintegrates, right? And so what we wanted to do is like, uh, and I've got this motto that I do, like, I want to bring middle class back to America one business at a time, Right? Share this ownership, share some, like, give people breathing room. You know, if you look at these days, you know, what, what slavery is, it's like working, you, you, the company store gives you food and shelter and a little bit of scratch to get around. That's kind of, most, a lot of people are working at that level. Uh, housing is up, food's up, gas is up. I'm making just enough to survive, and that's really it. So we want to come in and, and just flip that all the way around, it creates a win-win-win-win scenario for everybody. Come in and help the uh, help the business owner exit confidently. Like it's, it's everything is 100% transparent. Like all the, the process, the financing, how do you get out of this correctly? And, you know, is everybody going to be okay? You know, that's, that, that's, that's really the most important thing for us is making sure that the transition is seamless. And we're working with somebody right now. It's like helping them see the potential of like, hey, you can, we want to come in and help your employees. You know, who works harder, owners or employees? Owners. So people have a vested interest in the success of the business. So then we, now it's like this whole dynamic shift in a person's attitude they're coming in with a totally different philosophy of working. I'm coming into work. Why? Uh, this is a piece of. I got a piece of this. <laughs> this is partly mine. No, that's, dude. That's huge. I love that. I love that idea, of, yeah. You know, it's like modern day slavery. You know, the way people, most people are living. You're free. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, dude, this is a way to give back to your team members and yeah, remove that greed component, which is beautiful. Um, so dude, this is, it's huge. So there was, there was so another, happened. I did want to say there's another, uh, go, there's another part to this too. that I forgot that, you know, when, when I was talking with Ryan, I was asking him about the, the whole thing about like capital gains. So even the finances, like when somebody exits a business, uh, logically you don't want to take all that at once because you'll get hit with capital gains so that can even be part of the uh, like a distributed sale like it just comes mm -hmm. in 
And you come in and like the owner helps with the transition. You may go like, hey, you know what? Maybe I want to come in 10 hours yeah. a month just to not just not check in or run anything, just be in a trusted advisor. This is your baby. Mm. And if not, you know, some people are like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I want to go fishing. I want to spend time with the grandbabies. Uh, that, that's cool too. But, you know, this, and I didn't realize this, but uh, Ryan had told me that, you know, when you set this up correctly, it's like you, you, you want to minimize your capital gains at the same time. Like it's, this is like mm-hmm. selling a house or a big asset properly. You get hit hard if you do it wrong. So that's yeah. another component that's like, eh, it sounds Dude. good until you get the tax bill, right? Yeah. It's like, I thought yeah. I was going to have this. Yes, yes. And from my experience, I've heard people uh, in those positions saying, yeah, actually, I want to, one, be a small part of what's going on. I want to have more of a smaller check but more residual yeah. is what I've been hearing because I speak to you people all the time and there's tons of awesome different stories i love all the different accents minnesota or from (laughs) texas or alabama or louisiana man it's fun i speak to so many people and and um you know so many different situations and the common thread is that they're interested in stepping away being a small part having some kind of residual um it could be that because they're spending that 10 hours a week um, and they're getting their payment, their, their, uh, their worth paid over time. Um, and honestly, I'm sensing that is actually of more interest to them and it's better for them uh, so they can avoid those capital gains, which yeah. is, dude, and, and you're blessing your team. I mean, it's just all around beautiful. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I, this is nothing I went to school for. It was just like, I took a piece of it, uh, took a piece of, interesting stuff dove into it and then ryan and i we've been friends for a few years and and i just brought up the possibility to him and as a and he's like dude this is what i do for wealthy people is i help them like and it's kind of like this one guy he said he's a recovering attorney he would set up these Mm. exit strategies for wealthy people and then he'd be looking at it going like why am i not doing this like, why don't yeah. I do this equity positioning, equity acquisition stuff? And, or, or uh, you know, the, the one thing that he didn't talk about, though, was the employee-owned part. And that's where we've, uh, we've just dove in and gone down that road where, like, we can create stock ownership, splits, shares, the whole nine yards to where it's all, it's just all very transparent. You know, get third parties mm-hmm. in, like, yeah setting up a retirement trust or something that's you're that you're an employee then that this is yours this is this is yours mm-hmm. so you're you're you've got a vested interest in streamlining the business not wasting yep. money you, you know all that stuff that oh. it's like oh wait maybe i shouldn't take the truck over there on personal time because that's coming out of the profits which is my distribution wait hold on yes <laughs> yes dude so it's so makes so much sense it's like having a, a lethal unit of navy seals not one greedy business owner you know exactly. it's like you're all fanning together wow so dude so that is huge um uh so for the christian contractors listening in that are 
uh, kind of like, whoa, that's me, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. And uh, Lauren and I have created a strategic partnership um, through this because uh, so that we can kind of put everything in, into a package and put a nice bow on it from leads to recruiting and hiring to exit strategy. Yeah. So uh, beautiful strategic partnership happening right here. Um, God's moving and working and it's just evident and clear and it's, and it's awesome. So, uh, so that's just a quick overview of the exit strategy that I'm super excited to get to be a, a tiny part of and helping transform uh, some contractors' lives through. Um, and th- it's going to be amazing. So that's number one, and that's huge value. For those listening in, if you tune out already, that's hep- epic value. Reach out to me if you got any questions. But now we're going to continue and ask you our next question here, which is, what do you mean by business as missions? Talk to me about that. This uh, The concept business as missions uh, it hit me back after my work accident in 2018 and God gave me that just bam, this is, that's what bam business as mission. So that's kind of, <laughs> so I, it, it started like, okay, that sounds all right. Well, it was a brain injury. So of course I'm questioning all this stuff. Like, huh, what is this me, God, or mm. just the brain damage, whatever. And uh, mm. then I started just digging into scripture and, you know, Paul was a tent maker. Paul had business. Like he used to, he didn't ask for money. I think it was uh, mm. Philippians, maybe Philippians or Ephesians, where he's like, I could, you know, the scripture supports me saying, hey, you should help support me, but I'm good. I'm not going to ask you. And so, mm. wow. now I, I don't know how accurate it was because I don't know the details of, okay, well, what else was Paul doing? But there's some very key elements to, you know, I ran a nonprofit for seven years and I hated going and asking for money because I was mm. one of thousands, alms, 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 begging. So mm. uh, I support ministries. My wife and I have a ministry. It's called City Recovery. Uh, seven steps to walking in freedom over life controlling issues. We just tell people, I don't care what your issue is. It's that thing you do right before you go to Jesus and you say, I'm sorry, I did it again. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's gambling, booze, dope, violence, anger, whatever your go-to is. What's that thing you do? Mm-hmm. And so we want to create, since we come from a background of alcoholism and drug addiction and recovery from that, we're fully recovered, so we want to pour into that. And so we mm-hmm. want to, I've, I, I call us uh, self-funded business as missions missionaries. <laughs> We've got mm-hmm. a problem yes. that needs a solution. And solutions cost money, so go make the money. Create the solution, and there you have it. Like you said, mm. it's a nice package with a bow and a box on it, and it's a present, it's a gift. It's a thing we can we can do. And, and, and running a nonprofit, coming from the, the nonprofit side, I took like a 90% pay cut jumping from my cushy city job into running the ministry, thinking I was going to... Uh, be breaking even and so one of the things that happens is it's also a problem of volunteers that you burn them out or you say you have somebody Mm -hmm. who's passionate about your organization or passionate about their ministry part of the 10-2 harvest media concept as a business as missions is like a field is like once our field is say producing ten thousand dollars a month 
but then it's doing $50,000 a month, we can peel off $40,000 a month. You know what happens to farmers when they, when they harvest? They don't sell all their seed. They hold back mm. for the next planting. So they hold back mm. seed for the next season. That's what that $40,000, somebody comes to us and says, hey, I have an idea and I can come in and say, great, I will help you seed your field for the next six months. What do you need? What's your monthly nut? 2000 a month? Great, I got you. But now I want mm. you to create something that now you're, so you're working 40 hours a week for to pay your bills and 10 hours a week for the Lord. In six months, let's shift that, boom. Now you've got a business or an entity or something that's making enough money to cover. So now you're you're covered, you're good. And so now you can go do the Lord's work, whether it's missions or whatever you want to do, but you still got to do your business thing. You still got to check something out over here to keep it running, keep the cash flow coming in. So now if you go out for asking for money, you're going and asking for project money. You don't need support money you need project money hey guys you go to the church you say man look at we've been killing it over here we translated the bible into this language like our church did this in a village of eleven thousand people in a dialect nobody would ever heard of about three years ago this our pastor found this guy it was a tiny village and there's like 10 11 thousand people that only spoke this one language he came mm. to the united states learned english and translated the bible into his dialect and so he came in wow. and said, I want to be able to make, I want to print all these for my people. They didn't read, they didn't write, mm. didn't, know, didn't do any of that. So mm. it's things like that, that it's like, okay, that just takes money. Cool. If you want to do that, and that's what you want, that's what you really want to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Go work for the Lord. That's, a, that's your thing. And then, you know, in the morning or at night, whatever you do, keep your, keep your cash flow going. Create that thing, right. that's something where you can do this to keep that going. It fuels your passion. Fuels, fuels your, passion. your passion. Exactly. Mm. Wow. And your mission that God has ordained for you. And yeah. I love the flip of working, going from working 40 hours a week yeah. on your business and 10 hours a week on God and flipping that 40 hours a week on God, 10 hours a week on your business. Yeah. And it's that like finding sounds... the framework that supports it. Like, and then being able to mm. minister to people, especially younger people, who feel called to serve. It's like mm. you don't want to quench that fire. There's a lot of people that get called into ministry, and then they go broke and into debt because they mm. can't pay their bills. Because the first thing that goes away when you're being supported and the economy tanks, people stop, ah, yeah, I got to hold back because I got to pay my bills, right? I mm. mean, I give my, yeah. my tithe to the church. But even the percentage of people who tithe 10% don't. <laughs> That's like maybe 3% yeah. down here. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's a critical component to, to uh, you know, when the, when the, the commandment of go and make disciples of all nations. Or go and make, a lot of people get, just go. They don't get trained. Like instead of going on an emotional experience and a feeling that you call it your calling, Prepare for it. You know, do it. Mm. Do it in a way that's sustainable, prayerfully. Yeah. Come to God, pray about it, and and uh, and this is just something that you know, out of my uh, short time on this ball of dirt of <laughs> going from you know nice cushy job to poverty wages. One thing that I've always 
that's happened throughout my life has been, uh, I haven't really hit bottoms. They've been more like trampolines, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, it's a perspective that I can look at now when you're going through them, it stinks, but in that, uh, that light and just God's given me this. So how can I push, how can I give it back? hundred percent, dude. Yeah, that's huge, huge. And I think that I've been seeing, I've been noticing a shift in, in uh, modern churches that they are doing that model. Uh, I'll throw out a name, I'll name drop Awaken Church in, uh, Awaken Church in San Diego, San Diego, San Marcos area, San Diego County. And I think they're all over the place, but they're, they're taking that principle um, and they're doing it just like that. They are, they're, they are funding their own church. They're, yep. They have their businesses, and they're funding the church. They're not at big, They're not putting their hands out and asking yep. uh, for people to be able to uh, fund the church. They're funding it themselves, and then uh, you know that way when they want to do something, they can do it. You yep. know, and man, they they had to do epic men's conferences that that's all funded because from their businesses, and it's exactly that. They flip the script, and they're only working ten hours a week on their business 40 hours a week on God. And that's, that's huge. So that kind of plays into the exit strategy. Cause it's funny. I hear the, 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 um, the amount of hours that I've heard contractors want to start working. Well, I want to exit. I kind of want to still be a part of it. And I want to be able to focus on my passions and I want to work 10 hours a week or something like that. Literally verbatim. I've heard that multiple times. So, that is not a coincidence. Maybe, maybe this exit strategy is the chance for you to make that shift because I know the residential contractors I speak to also feel like if they take a day off, the business is going to come tumbling down. So yeah. they're doing that, the 40 hours a week, 10 hours a week, um, doing it the wrong way. So, dude, so that plays into the exit strategy. And then, so... For Christian contractors listening in right now, uh, if you're feeling called, if you feel like, man, I need to do an audit on my life, once again, feel free to reach out. We're uh, more than happy to help um, in any way, shape, or form. So on that note, I'm going to transition into our next question, which is, I've heard you talk about riding the crest of the wave of superb. What's that mean? <clears throat> well, I've talked about it a little bit. Um, so this, this last major smack that I got at my life, my last major life smack was, uh, uh, getting exposed to carbon monoxide. I, I call it my 60 seconds away from dead moment because uh, if I would have been doing my job correctly, I wouldn't have left. I would have sat there and tried to troubleshoot the problem. So if you know anything about carbon monoxide, it's colorless, odorless, tasteless. It was just happening in the room and I didn't know it. So mm. the piece of equipment I was working on was releasing it and I'm just sitting there troubleshooting it, trying to figure out what's wrong with this thing, what is this? And so as I'm working on it, I get this, go get your portable gas meter. I'm like, eh, whatever. And it was an explosive environment, so I'm looking for the explosion meters, which didn't have that, that gas sensor on it, right? So I'm mm. looking at, go get your gas meter. So I'm like, ah, fine. I go back. Come back five minutes later, I come back in and the meter spikes. And I'm like, oh, no. So I didn't know what the exact gas was. I just freaked out because it spiked. And I'm shutting everything down and like, oh, 
is this thing going to explode? And like 24 hours later, I woke up a completely different person. Like couldn't talk, like find words, couldn't go to church for months, just all this like just messed up, you know. And mm-hmm. so uh, the, the riding the crest of the waves of, of superb at this point was I wasn't there. <laughs> That's not what came out of that. Mm-hmm. This has been a kind of an evolution of that. My experience of getting my brain back, I've been fully healed and restored. As a, I've got a buddy from church, and he says, I really love Lauren 2.0, because Lauren 1.0, <laughs> you know, I couldn't follow you. So he's my, and, and he's, he, I, 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 love, I love good brothers in Christ. He said, you got in this accident to help me know God better. So that's mm, from, a, yeah. that's what it's perspective. And that's what writing the crest of the wave of superb is. It's a perspective. So I, 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 when someone asks me, so how you doing? And I tell them that I'm writing the crest of the wave of superb. And they're like, what? It's, it's a, it's a conversation starter. Really. <laughs> it's like, what oh, do you yeah. even mean by that? And I'm like, well, it, there's two places that I believe that, you know, I've experienced enough in life to, to have a, a perspective of gratitude. I try to walk out gratitude at, I learned it 30 years ago. I just poured it, just pounded into me that uh, you have to be grateful. You have to stop being a selfish pig and be grateful. It's like, and these guys were ruthless about it. I'd start complaining about things. And they're like, oh, really? Do you got gas in your truck? Yeah. You got food? Yeah. You got smokes? Yeah. Never mind. Like, I'd, I like, I wouldn't even talk to them anymore. I'm like, huh. fine. I'm not even going to complain. Huh. And, and they need someone to complain to. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to have this pity party here and have them feel sorry for myself. You guys are ruining it. And, and so they, they, and then they, they told me, they taught me how to go, like, be of service. Get out of yourself and go help somebody while you're in that mm. pit. Like, that's what helps you get out of the pit. Mm. So this crest of superb so is, even if I'm not feeling it, I don't talk about my feelings. I'm not feeling like I'm on the crest of suburb, but positionally I am. Because one, I know the word of God. I know Jesus. The Holy Spirit is with me all day. He's sovereign. So God is either sovereign or he's not. The word sovereign means, uh, we'll just call it one word, everything. <laughs> okay, mm. so if everything is under his control. And I'm just, I'm part of this. And I have a predestination of certain things. And I'm not privy to the details of my life. God is. Like, God sees, I'm the only one bound by time. God's not. So I try to look at it like, hey, you know what? I'm on the crest of the wave of superb, and I'm either there or I'm getting there. My only other job Mm -hmm. then is if I'm there, sometimes life is so good, I feel like I'm levitating on the crest of the wave of superb, right? So it's like, man, this Mm -hmm. feels great. Some days... I'm sitting on the crest of the wave of superb because things might suck, right? So sit down. The view's still great. I'm still up there at the top. And yeah. and now I'm looking back. And if my brother, that's my job, is, is if my brother isn't up there, that's what I try to do. I try to encourage, inspire, lead, uh, help people with a perspective that I, I was shown. So hmm. I've got high quality first world problems, right? I surround, like I was in Nicaragua for a week last week, right? I got high quality first world problems, but I don't even have problems. When I see the things that I, I'm like, yeah, never mind. 
I'm not, I, I don't got, I have no problems. <laughs> I, I know where most things are going. You know, if, if my health fails, okay. I mean, I've been, I've been smacked with enough life stuff, just like you have. It's like anybody watching this or listening to this has. We all have these life things that happen to us, but it's what I do with them. And really, that's what the ministry, the seven steps to walking in freedom over life-controlling issues is about, is helping people go from stuck to unstuck. Getting a perspective of, oh, wait, this is my part. <laughs> if I'm stuck, nah, well, I had a friend tell me one time her mom taught her, and she was mean about it. She said, if, uh, if you're going to, if somebody does anything to you and you get your feelings hurt and you want to cry and whine and snivel and complain, you get 10 minutes. After that, I don't want to hear another word. And I was like, oh, dang, <laughs> that's brutal. But it kind of deflates the whole problem into like, oh, wait, now I got to get a perspective on this. So mm. that's, I'm constantly, I, my, my mornings are like, that's my days are, are filled with making sure I start right and throughout the day mm -hmm. do things right to keep my perspective in place. Mm. Right in the crest of the wave of superb. Exactly. Man, I remember when we first met, I was like, how, how are you doing? You're like, right in the crest, crest of the wave of superb. I'm like, what? That was what the that joke. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Uh, I've been working on mine. The one that keeps coming back to me, my, my uh, conversation it? starter, is I just keep defaulting to this and still going to keep working on it, but... Saving souls and changing lives, or changing lives and saving souls. And people are like, what? Yeah. So, you know, that's what I love about it. It's something, something that's just different than good. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not like, I'm doing fine. It's like, yeah. hey, you didn't even hear, did you? You did? It's like, what did you say? Yeah. It's <laughs> what automatic. does that even mean? It's like, bro, impulse, impulse response. And yeah, that's a huge perspective shift. And, um, you know, I've been, I've, uh, I've been, this is a very recent thing, almost like this morning, yesterday type of thing where I've been, um, because of a message I recently heard was just kind of like your, um, your fulfillment and happiness ideally and biblically comes from you having the Holy Spirit in you and being a creation of God. That's where you're value that's where your worth comes from that's where your happiness should come from i'm like oh convicted uh <laughs> because sometimes i place value on achievement and you know what we're doing and even if it's for good causes yeah. you know that like oh uh how many lives am i impacting right but i just got hit with a ton of bricks the other day about almost like being being really convicted and um for one, don't be afraid of anything except for God. He's the only one you should be afraid of. Fear God. And two is that if you're getting fulfillment from anything else other than God, the Holy Spirit, um, then I almost feel like, uh, like, no, bad. Don't do that. You need to control yourself. Don't get excited about that achievement. Like, even I almost feel guilty getting excited about achievements now like oh i got this two comma x club award i'm like whoa pump the brakes don't get too excited brandon don't get too pumped on that like get your happiness from the 
correct source, not this source. What do you what do you think about that? Am I well, on? There's a there's a big difference between being afraid and fearing the Lord, and I'm sure you've mm. heard this before. Do you, the fear of the Lord biblically means reverent awe. Reverence, yeah. Reverence. Afraid is fearful. Afraid is the dad that's coming at you with the belt because you screwed up. Mm-hmm. That's not who God mm. is. God doesn't come yeah. ask. That God doesn't come at us with a belt. So fear of the Lord is more of, for me, is I, I hold him in reverence and awe. And that fear is still, it's a healthy fear. Like, one, for me, it's like, I know what he can do. He created everything. And, uh, yeah, it's, respect. it's it's a respect. Exactly. It's respect. It's reverence. It's, it's a position that, you know, and I think a lot of people actually have a, when they, when they say fear, they go to afraid, and then when they screw up, they can't go back to dad. Dad's going to smack mm. me down. Rather than going, like, God already knows everything. So when I walk in repentance, and I, like, this is what I try to tell people, especially people coming in who still strung out on dope or still have booze problems. And I'm like, look, you do realize that God loves you even if you showed up here high, right? Like, he still loves you. And, and actually, it makes him more sad that you're, uh, you're staying out there and afraid to come home. Because really, that's what God... My, my purpose has been boiled down. There's a book called by J.I. Packer called Knowing God. And it's one of these books that you eat like a rich piece of chocolate. You can only take a little bite on some of the, some mm. of the convictions that are in there. And uh, the, the premise is, do I know God or do I just know about him? Now, reading the Bible and showing up at church will help you know about God. But knowing him is that thing that I've been developing over 30 years, which is, do I have a relationship with my creator that's a healthy relationship? That's not based on fear. It's based on Mm -hmm. reverence and awe and respect. And, hey, Dad, can we come hang out? Hey, there's a devote. One of my devotionals is Jesus Calling. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But it's written oh, yeah. from the per, you know, the first person of Jesus. That's how God wants us to approach him. He says we're his kids. And the, the imagery of, of Christ and God and, and you know, like the whole Trinity. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this by John Piper, but he said, you know, I got these questions of people are confused. Do I pray to Jesus? Do I pray to God? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit? He says, so my answer to them was yes. I'm like, what? (laughs) And I kept reading, and he said, you know, uh, because of who God is, the triune God, uh, you know, sometimes I'll pray to Jesus because I think of what he did for me, and then I'll think of what God has done with creation, or I get the sense of the presence of God with me, or I just, I know he's here. So he said, yes, Mm -hmm. the answer is yes. And and so I I boiled Mm -hmm. down this, I pray, I say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit uh, is that I have that reminder of who you, of where, where you are, which is right here. You're closer than a heartbeat away. So it's this, it's one of my daily prayers that I do to, throughout the day to stay in this. Um, when I screw up, not if, but when, <laughs> when I go sideways, when I seek out the pleasures and comforts of the world, or... Uh, you know, as you described, you know, I'm celebrating something. Okay, bottom line is I'm stuck in this human condition. 
right? Mm-hmm. Look what I did. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And then God's the one that says, yes, we did, didn't we? And it's, oh, yeah, that, I mean, thank you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, and and yeah. really, it's, it's surrounding ourselves with people who pointed out to opening ourselves up to people, brothers in Christ, who give us a healthy perspective. I've got a, a buddy of mine, best friends for years, and he was constantly like, man, look, I just love my pleasures and comforts of the world. I'm kind of lazy. I, he was a hard worker, but he was just like, eh, you know what? I'd rather sit and watch TV. <laughs> I'm just kind of mm-hmm. done with this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it in balance. Like he he's someone who could have a glass of wine. Me? I've abused the privilege, right? I, I don't get to go have them do those things. And when you learn them, you learn right. them. Right? Right. Right. Dude, huge, huge. And, dude, on that note, last question for the Christian contractors listening in right now. I hope you're getting some epic value and feeling led and feeling the presence right here, right now. And pray that we would fellowship and be a family. And this is awesome stuff, man. This is This is good. We're definitely going to have to have you back on for another one of these. So last question, Lauren, is what was the most life-transforming moment of your life? Well, there's there's been three major ones, but I think the biggest one was uh, was when my my daughter, you know, the, getting the, the fatal diagnosis and wondering if I'm ever going to see her again. And that's the, the voice of God basically confirming I'm going to see her again when she lived for six, she lived for six hours, but the ministry that changed communities across the country, tens of thousands of people, 22 years later, here I am on a podcast talking about my daughter, Sydney, who was only alive for six hours, but has Mm. manifest her just, I'm not going to say that word manifest her, her influence and conviction that, God, I can, I was looking for Jesus for a year, going to church and being discipled by my pastor. And, and he's like, uh, you know, I'm like, I don't understand the Jesus thing, right? I've been talking to God for eight years, but I just figure I talk to the dad. What's up with the kid? And he's like, oh, we should talk. <laughs> Why don't we have a conversation? And it was about a year of working with him. And then that July of, really July of uh, 2000. July of 2000 was around this time that we got this. She's probably not going to live. And it was, she was diagnosed with a fatal heart defect in the womb. Like there's Mm. nothing we can do. And for the next two or three months, when she, after she was born, I thought God had performed a miracle. Like I really, like she wasn't supposed to last that long. Mm. So for me, it's been a, uh, a life transforming coming to Christ moment. But my testimony from there out, you know, it hasn't been all uh, a bed of roses since then. It was a traumatic event. It was a life-changing event. But uh, one thing it has caused me to do is uh, to be asking God, how do I make, how do, how do I be of maximum service to you and and uh, the people of, that I come in contact with, because it's. Mm-hmm. It's from that, that, that was kind of like, you know, getting sober in AA in 1991, when I was 19, that was kind of like, that that was what got me going. But then this with my 
with my daughter was more of a now the purpose became very real like it was it was almost like okay it took me eight years of god drawing me to jesus and i feel like god that was that moment is when uh there's a my, my story is in the book of john chapter six where jesus is talking to the pharisees and and he's saying uh nobody comes to me unless the father draws them to me and i went that's what happened God, God was letting me pray to him without Jesus involved the whole time because I hated him. I didn't hate him the name, but he was still pulling me to his son. And then at that moment, he's like, Lauren, Jesus, Jesus, Lauren, Lauren, you want to get to know me? You want to really want to know me? You got to go through my son. That was the epic life transforming event of my life, because from that point, has given me the capacity for everything that's happened since then and is going to mm-hmm. happen later. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to do ministry in a way that I never could imagine. I've experienced things and victories and situa- life, life-changing events right. that you, right. you don't plan for. You don't plan for this stuff. You know, your story, you've shared a little bit about your story. Life can change in the snap of a finger mm-hmm. and 100%. like my buddy he was sitting at home i asked him i said what happened he's like i said no pre nothing happened there yesterday i get to show up at his house and just kind of be with him uh be available to him because he's you know he's younger than i am some rare blood disorder just happened to manifest in seizures and stroke-like symptoms boom mm-hmm. he's out of commission for a month and a half probably going to be like two million in debt just because the treatment Seven thousand oh dollars a shot because it's experimental, and I'm like, oh. And we're both talking about. I said, you know, uh, we're talking about harvest and seasons of harvest. I said, I don't think this is a season of the desert. I think now you don't have to work. Now you, mm. he's worshiping God and doing all this stuff. I said, God just give me this word about harvesting. Mm. Now you get to harvest everything He's been growing in your life. Wow. Being being wow. that uh, that light that he is, he's a great guy. He's an elder at our church, and he's like in his late forties. And I'm like, dang man, that's a that's a punch. Like boom, yeah. wow. you're out. So being available and helping people, my selfish nature wants to tell me no. Right, it's mm-hmm. what you were talking about. I want to do this. Right. I want to do that. Of course, yeah. that's natural. That's the fight for me. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Man, that's like a yeah. That's uh. Thank you for sharing that story, man. I know that's that's a crazy event that happened in your life, and it's so beautiful to see you be able to take that and and flip that and use it for good. And like you said, it's because you going that you're writing your story, and that story is gonna has been already been used to impact lives in a a positive way in God's name, and so. Dude, that is huge. So Christian contractors listening in right now, there we've all we've all been through crazy scenarios, and I think that this is a great moment to notice that those scenarios um, can be used to for good. Um, and if you're going through something right now, you know, uh, I always put on the full armor of God to fight that spiritual warfare, <laughs> and uh, you know. 
helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of peace, shield of faith, and sword of God. And just, dude, it gets rough out there on the battlefield, but um, you got to uh, just have faith that God has a plan for it. And once again, feel free to reach out to to myself or Lauren if you guys are feeling led or just want to connect. I uh, would love to speak into what you're what you're going through right now so Lauren thank you so much for sharing that and uh, you know that all it all kind of connects everything that we've talked about kind of connects you know exit strategy business as a mission riding the crest of the waves of superb perspective and then events that happen in your lives and being able to take the time to um, speak into people with those experiences yeah if you just it's like also the parable of the talents, Matthew twenty-five fourteen to thirty. The parable of the talents. If you bury that that situation away, um, you know that's that's not what God wants. Yeah, nobody that's gets not it. How God wants you to use that story. That story yeah. is meant to be on um, spread to the world, and there's so many people that can be benefited through hearing the situation that you've been through because you because then people will know they're not alone so dude and all of it plays together because if you have it if you're a residential contractor that wants to execute an exit strategy bless your team have time to be able to go from working 40 hours a week to working 10 hours a week so you can do 40 hours a week towards sharing your story to help other people have a better perspective, maybe riding their crest of wave of superb and it all ties together. So man, dude, that's huge epic value for the Christian contractors tuning in. Thank you so much for hanging around with us today. Um, Lauren, we're definitely going to have to have you back on for more. We got probably epic. We got epic messages. I think that we're going to be able to get um, through to and through you. Um, So man, residential contractors that feel led 100% feel free to reach out to us if you're feeling like you're in that position where you want to you're thinking about closing the doors you want to bless your team and you want to be able to start working in your life's mission and vision that God has for you so Lauren dude appreciate you my brother you're the man Uh, it's been a blessing and uh dude so i uh, appreciate you being on here if if anyone wants to connect with lauren or myself regarding any of the exit the uh, exit strategies feel free to connect with us link up with me lauren and i have created a strategic partnership so you can connect with me we'll get in a meeting with lauren and ryan bit who is the business attorney and um you know build something beautiful where greed is definitely removed Thanks so much for tuning in to the Christian Contractor Podcast. I'm Brandon Guthrie with Dream Design Labs. If you're a Christian contractor that wants to truly operate on biblical principles, scale to seven and even eight figures and beyond in a way that furthers the kingdom and positively impacts your family and the world around you, head to ddlonline.com forward slash case hyphen study and access the step-by-step process that we use to scale residential contractors and operate on biblical principles to take territory in God's name and be a light in the darkness. Check it out. It's free, and I guarantee you'll get a ton of value from it. Remember, marketing doesn't have to be hard. 
All you need is the right tools and the right heart to serve. Till next time, stay blessed. Lauren, thank you so much for being Thank you, Christian Contractor family, for hanging out with us today. Let's get out there, do great work, and make a positive impact. If you want to connect with Brandon, head to Instagram and follow him at BG44. Let's change not only your life, but the world around you.